This episode of the Expat Cast is sponsored by BetterHelp. In this episode, you're going to hear me and my guest Julian talk about our pursuits to get therapy in Germany using our German health insurance. Now, I want to preface this episode by saying it's not that easy to get therapy in Germany. It's definitely possible as long as you have the right kind of health insurance. But first off, not everyone does. Some people move here on a travel health insurance that does not cover things like therapy, in which case you're going to have to pay out of pocket no matter what. So it's important to me as I bring you guys this episode about how to get mental health support through the German system that I also mention an alternative for people who don't have that option. And that alternative is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you actually wouldn't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Basically, you sign up and they match you with a therapist and you can start communicating within 48 hours. And it's available worldwide. I actually know several people who live abroad who use BetterHelp. And the reasons vary from that they don't have insurance that covers therapy Or for instance, I know several people who come from North America and who said it was very important to them that their therapist also was North American. As you'll hear Julian and I say in the episode, pretty much anyone who has moved abroad and pretty much anyone who has survived a global pandemic have plenty of reasons to want therapy. And if you're listening to the show, well, you definitely have survived a global pandemic and chances are you probably are also someone who moved abroad. So BetterHelp might be the solution for you. As a special offer for the Expat Cast listeners, you can actually get 10% off your first month of professional therapy if you go to betterhelp.com slash expatcast. That's betterhelp.com slash expatcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. As mentioned, I am no fan of November. I think it's a garbage month, and it always makes me really grumpy. So I think putting out this week's episode is probably going to go down as one of the highlights of my November. And no, I'm not trying to imply that that's just because the bar is super low for November. I've actually had some really great moments. It's just that this episode is very, very important to me. It's one that I've been wanting to put out for a while, just kind of had to wait till I was ready, till the timing was right. And here we are. The day has come. I'm very excited to share it with you. I'm mostly going to let the episode do the talking, so I'm going to shut up in a minute, I promise. I just wanted to share a couple quick tips for how I'm handling my grumpy month of November, because I think a lot of us have a grumpy month sometime in the year, often in winter or fall. And yeah, maybe it helps to hear what one other person is doing to combat it this year. So for me, if it's not raining, I try to get outside, walk, run, something. This week I shared on my Instagram a picture that I took from my walk this last Sunday where the fog was just being beautiful. And yeah, yet again, Freiburg's nature and beauty is helping lift my spirits. And another thing I've been doing a lot more this month is reading. So I'm currently almost done Sally Rooney's latest book, which is called Beautiful World, Where Are You? I'm a very big Sally Rooney fan, and I'm I'm really loving this book. It's so introspective and, and perfect for me for this time of year. And third and finally, I've been going through a lot of my stuff and doing sort of a spring cleaning, but in fall. (laughs) But it's not just cleaning, it's it's like a purge. And something about taking out the knickknacks that I have cluttering my room 
giving my room and my space a more clean, airy feel is really, really helping. So those are my three strategies. That's what's been helping me. But here we are, halfway through the month. I'm getting by somehow. And as said, enough from me. Let's get straight to the episode. Let's talk about how to find therapy in Germany. Enjoy! My name is Julian Ferrin. I am originally from Venezuela. I was born and raised there. My mother is from Venezuela. My father originally from Spain. I am currently living in Berlin, have been living here for the past two years, and I have been uh, for the past five years in Germany. Where else were you then before Berlin? I used to live in a very nice area um, that would be in the state of Rheinland-Platinate, Rheinland-Pfalz. Um, that is a very small town called Bingen am Rhein. It is right on the Rhine River, and it's uh, right in front of the Rheingau uh, area where they produce some of the most famous Riesling uh, wines of Germany. A lovely area, but totally different from Berlin. It was wine fields and castles and the Rhine. Very different than... The, I mean, everything's different from Berlin because Berlin is so distinct, but yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, really, I'm excited to dive into the topic of therapy. Spoiler, we, when we were talking and chatting before we hit record, I was saying I'm in such a good mood today. And you were like, yeah, I'm also <laughs> doing really good. And I think that was one of the reasons that you're doing good today, right? I mean, I come actually straight from therapy. I just had a quick lunch, a, a typical Berlin döner. <laughs> so I am full and happy and the weather's fine. So it could not be a better day to record with you, Nicole. I'm super thrilled to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to get into this topic because we, we've touched on or we've talked directly about therapy in the show before, but more from the perspective of different therapists, psychologists, and and coaches that I've interviewed. And I'm excited to talk to you uh, to get sort of the other side of that story, which is the everyday person's pursuit to actually get therapy. There are a lot of Germany-specific barriers to the process. And listeners, rest assured, we are going to get into all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think before we even get to the logistics of it, there's always this question of like, how do you even get to the point where you decide you want or need therapy because I think that's one thing that's quite different from other bodily issues it's like if you break your bone it's a pretty clear signal if you have a cold your doctor tells you what to do about it but with um, psychological things it can be a little it's a bit more self-responsibility to recognize oh hey I might have to be doing something about this so what brought you to this realization that therapy is something that you wanted to pursue Yes, sure. And I think you're totally right uh, when you describe this or compare it to, to, to like a bone fracture. It hurts. The ouch moment is there, the crack you hear, but you don't hear when your, let's put it in metaphoric terms, when your soul cracks, you don't hear it. It's not something you can see or feel. It's, well, you can feel it, but it's, it's not the same. And uh, it is uh, much harder sometimes, especially if there's some uh, denial issues or many things. Everybody has a different story and a different experience. 
the field of the of the psychological health is, is such a broad one. So I can only talk from my experience and from what I've heard from other people, friends and family. And uh, with respect to my experience, it all began, <laughs> as you can possibly imagine, during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but sometimes it is those kind of, let's say, trigger events that actually set off things which, at least in my case, I had been carrying around for a very long time my whole life. And it's not a positive or a bad thing, it's just a fact of my personal life. To put this in a little bit of a context, I was living in a so-called Vicky, a shared flat with two other friends uh, from my home country, from Venezuela, whom I met for many years. And we're just experiencing the pandemic. It was about a month after the pandemic had begun in April 2020. I am also in a long-term relationship with my uh, now fiancé. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back then, just my girlfriend. She's also an expat, but she is uh, was at the moment living in Colombia. She works uh, for the UN. And the pandemic hit her especially hard because she had just arrived in Colombia and was totally alone. And we just didn't know when we were going to see each other. So you can imagine this this all love dimension was there and all that uncertainty about if I were I was ever going to see her again. I guess the pandemic and the the the, the resulting isolation uh, resulted in me having a lot more time to realize that there were many aspects in my life that I needed to take time to deal with. I started to cope with things in, in many ways. Uh, talk to friends on the phone all day, but can only talk so much on the phone. And uh, at some point, I started to have panic attacks. At some point, I said, this is enough. It is not possible for me to carry on like this. I will seek therapy. So yeah, that, that was my ouch moment, to put it in a, in a way. <laughs> and this was the first time in your life that you sought out therapy? Is that correct? I was once as a very small child uh, when my parents divorced, but it was uh, a long time ago. It was just a couple of sessions, so I would not really count it in. Yeah, okay, cool. So, I mean, well, cool. This is just a word that slips into speech. Of course, <laughs> what you described does not sound so cool. It sounds really stressful and overwhelming. But you got to this point, you say, okay, like this is something I want to do. What? then? <laughs> well, it was something I, I, I more more that wanted that I needed. I wanted to be fine again, of course, but I, I just couldn't carry on anymore. It was like having no air that I couldn't breathe. So, well, I said, I need, I need help. And um, I had the luck that I um, know a couple people who had already been to therapy in Germany. And they recommended me, okay, well, just Call your uh, Krankenkasse, your 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 medical insurance in Germany, and tell them you need therapy and what how it works because insurances do have very small differences in how they proceed. So that would be the first thing to to know. Contact your insurance, and that's a great thing that in Germany that we can have psychological therapy included into the insurance, and I think that's a, a major pro as an expect living here because I don't think it would have been for such a long period in therapy if I had still been in my home country because also of the budget constraint that this represents. Yeah, yeah. And really cool that you can just call your insurance and start that way. I actually, yeah, I also recently started therapy for the first time. And it's interesting hearing that because I actually went the other way around. So I called my, um, well, I don't think I even bothered to call my 
my house arzt, my my okay. sort of general practitioner. I, I I think I did make an appointment with him, but he didn't have appointments for a long time. So I actually started the process independently and then circled back to him. I let the doctors handle the insurance part, but probably did a lot of the research and stuff on my own. Whereas I wonder if you go through the health insurance, if that kind of helps narrow down your options. Well, it, it doesn't necessarily. That's, that's, that's something one does have to say because it, it just tells you how the ground rules are with your insurance. And they just told me how they, how, how I have to proceed and uh, what are my rights as, a, as an insured person. That is also very important. You have rights. That's not something I'm, I was used to in Venezuela, <laughs> to having rights. <laughs> um, well, um, then it, uh, I got a very nice tip from a friend. Cover as much ground as you can. And that is especially true here in Berlin as a as the largest city in Germany. There is, of course, a lot more therapists compared to smaller uh, towns or, or cities, but there is also a lot more demand. And uh, finding a, a Therapieplatz, a doctor, a psychological professional who will help you and have a, a free slot every time for you is really hard. So I actually sat down one day, one day I felt motivated, which by, by that moment was an exception. And I just really contacted, I think it was 15 different offices. And uh, very importantly, if they don't answer the phone, leave a message. Trust the answering machine in Germany. That's still one of the pros of not being so digitalized. <laughs> they have answering <laughs> machines. They call you back as well. That's very nice. And if they don't have an answering machine, leave an email. Don't get a no for an answer. And they will call you. They, they ha Half of them didn't call me back, but those who did, they said either I don't have a, a free slot for you or I can just offer you like a, like a first appointment. So I got what I could and I went to a first person, to a first, uh, she was a psychiatrist, correct? This is what they call a Vorgespräch. I don't know if you had that already. They listen to what you are having. You just blurred aloud and they just uh, <laughs> then of course they listen to you and tell you what you might be having and they they explain to you also it is really a, a guided uh, phenomenon and they explain to you what the types of therapy are that there are here in germany and covered by the insurance and how you would proceed etc really nice uh, uh, psychiatrist but she didn't have any free uh, slots for me so i had to keep looking I had a horrible experience with a second therapist. Um, I practically stormed out of the office because wow. it was such a bad experience. And uh, also, I um, I have the luck that I speak very good German. I learned it at school when I was a child in Venezuela. I went to one of these German schools. And so I could do everything in German. But you also have to consider if you're not as proficient, you also have to look for people who speak English or your mother tongue. There is a lovely website uh, from the CAFO, um, from the KV, and they have a like a like a, a guide with all those filters, with language filters and stuff. So when you mentioned you had fifteen places that you called or emailed, how did you even find those fifteen places? <laughs> well, I, I used this uh, website from the KV that would be yes, that is called in German the Kassenärztliche Vereinigung, like a union of doctors who work with the medical insurance system. And there is one for every larger town in Germany, and I worked with that uh, guide, like a like a phone book. And I also use Google Maps, of course. 
Yeah, I'm trying to pull up actually right now because like you said, some stuff is only available in the bigger cities. Um, So I'm trying to see what the name of the website was where I gathered my research, but I'm opening a spreadsheet right now as we we speak because I made a spreadsheet (laughs) of everyone who listed English as one of their options. Because for me, I, I can also speak German, but it's not quite as comfortable, especially for more personal topics. It just feels more authentic for me to speak English. So I knew that was important to me. Um, I made a list of all of them that mentioned it. And then if they spoke additional languages, I listed that, their office hours, their phone number, their email, the date I contacted them on, um, any notes about them, and then a link to um, where I found them. So, okay, here, now I have it pulled up. Therapie.de, so therapy, but spelled the German way, .de. That's where I ran my search initially, um, where you can put in different filters. And that worked at least for a town as big slash small as Freiburg. The principle of covering as much ground as you can is very important. I know other people who didn't really cover ground. They just called like the first person and they said, okay, I only have a a free spot slot for you like in three months. And they had to cope with their issues for three months without any help. And that is really not as smart, I would say. I can certainly understand that, but that's that's also why it is so important to talk about this because you can keep searching and the more you search, the more likely it will be to, to for you to find a place. Yeah, I think even if you only get an appointment for three months out, it can be good to just say yes and then you have something on the calendar, but then keep going. You know, so worst case scenario, no one else has time for you. At least you have one thing coming up and then also... I mean, I actually did this when I was on my search. I got offered a couple appointments for like forever from now, it felt like. Um, But I still took it because then I was like, well, at least now there's a little bit of a mental load lifted off because I know something's coming. It's just really far away. And like, actually, that's not really going to work for me. But but something's there. And I'm I was at least kind of able to lighten my load slightly that way. So take what you can get, but then keep going. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I also think it's really important to mention how many people we both contacted. So I just checked my list was 21 people that I contacted. and Wow. Yeah, and I didn't hear back from most of them. Um, I I do not like phone calls. And so I did call a couple of people, but I, I really had to do a lot of mental gymnastics to get myself to pick up the phone. So I might have had better success rate if I, you know, if I'd done something different. But one piece of advice I got from a friend, um, she got her therapist because she called within the office hours, she called every five minutes until this person answered. And if they didn't answer the first day, she did that again the next day. That's a lot of calling. (laughs) And that's a lot of time. And if you don't have a flexible work schedule, you might not be able to make that work. But that's definitely like that worked for her. That's how she got the lady on the phone and and then was able to go from there. Um, I did that with one person and never got through. So actually, email was better for me. Um, But I think it's important to mention because depending on how acute your need is, and like you were saying, like you, you found a day where you had motivation, but that was the exception, not the rule in that moment. So it's a bit of a terrible bind that you're put in um, through the system. A lot of the work's on you to take the steps to find the doctor, but because of where you're at psychologically that you are at this point where you need therapy, like you might not really have that bandwidth to do it. And I mean, I don't really know what to say how to give it an optimistic spin. Like it's just really hard. And um, I'm happy to hear that you found a day that you had motivation. Um, I'm basically my reasons for therapy were not quite as burning. And I think for me, it was more of a like I, I could afford to wait three months if I had to. I, I do have a bit more time and space, so I, I could handle the amount of rejection that came in this process. But still, 
I think you should know ahead of time that it's it's going to be really tough. And I, I know several friends who were in more, not quite emergency situations, because I think there's different processes for that, but kind of what you're describing, where it's not a want, it's a need. They couldn't come any further because they just didn't have that motivation. Yes, and that is that is why it is, I believe, so important to to be open about these things because there is still, sadly, nowadays, uh, a very large stigma on the topic of mental health. And uh, I am also very very lucky that I have a circle of friends who are very open with these kind of things. I actually had a, a very good friend of mine who was uh, she was also going through a lot of uh, other different stuff and she was also actually need for therapy but she was in that position where she could not make that call herself for example and then I said okay come on let's sit down together we'll look for the therapists together and then, well, but my German is not good enough. She was saying, okay, then we'll just write a script. And you can just read the script out loud every single time you call, and it will be fine. So there is always a way, and um, it is really tough. I, I know that from my own experience, friends are also a good help. And I think if you have anybody in your circle, her circle who can at least support you with doing this initial step, if you cannot take care of yourself by yourself, to go and grab that person. <laughs> yeah. I, so one thing um, during these, I guess they're called Sprechstunden or like these first initial visits, um, you mentioned two so far. But I, I had, I think, four of those total myself. And one thing I was surprised about is a lot of times the doctor would ask me why I have chosen to seek this specific form of therapy. And my answer was always like, I didn't actually specifically see, seek this type of therapy that you offer. I'm just kind of flailing around trying to find anyone who will have time and talk to me in English. <laughs> like, I, I don't care if you do <laughs> psychoanalysts or whatever else. Like, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. But I had this feeling almost like they wanted to, I, I don't know, it was like a weird question for me because I was like, I, I don't know enough about the therapy <laughs> options. I feel like maybe you could tell me if this is the right type of therapy for me. And they would like that's I'm not trying to say that they weren't helpful. Like they definitely were. But the, there was that Germanness sort of about being like, <laughs> how prepared are you? And how much research have you done? And I was like, No, no, I haven't. <laughs> Did you have anything it's, like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a post. It is a lovely story. But at the moment, of course, not. And um, my case, in my case, it was, um, I was very happy to have this first Vorgespräch, this first pre-discussion I don't know how to translate that she that was with the psycho uh, with the psychiatrist sorry and she explained me all the different types of therapy that were in Germany covered by the insurance and the differences between them and she even said well according to what you describe I think this or that would be the the best ones then you should search because I don't have any time for um, therapists who offer this type of therapy there are these this currents uh, for example I am um, I decided and it has turned out really well to do psychoanalysis psychoanalysis and um, I am very happy yeah, because it was also the, the the best one that or the one that worked best on my issues those issues from from childhood and from um, those things you carry around with you for many many years uh, psychoanalysis tends to have the best results for that and there are others for example if you have conduct issues or how you process things um, maybe conductual therapy the so-called uh, Verhaltenstherapy is also is it's perhaps the best one and so I had I had this, this this person thank God 
guide me. Mm. And then I, I found one who did psychoanalysis and the chemistry between each other was great. And I am super happy that I being uh, treated by this uh, professional. I am really, really glad. Yeah. So, okay. You had the psychiatrist, then you had the one where you almost stormed out. Was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> was third time the charms? It was. Oh, wow. That's great. It okay, was. Cool. Yes. Okay. Because this is another thing I, I heard time and time again, um, even on the show, this is when, we, when I've talked to professionals, they've always emphasized that the chemistry needs to work on both ends and to remind people that even though they might feel like the patient is the less empowered one in the situation that they need to feel good about the doctor as well as the doctor feeling good about them. And, you know, when you're on your search, keep that in mind and don't settle. Da, da, da. But <laughs> I, <laughs> when I was going through this process, I, I actually found it a little confusing at first. I mean, by the fourth time I'd figured out what chemistry meant, but um, I'm curious for you. Um, I'm sure you heard that advice as well. How did you identify if you had sort of good chemistry with this professional or not? I felt that I was first more able to talk to this person to, than to another. I also felt heard and understood. And she, even on the first session, she says, to me, I, I can understand what you're going through, and uh, please know that it will pass. And for this, you have to do some work, but you don't have to do it alone. So I felt really like, metaphorically speaking, taken by the hand, and she has since then accompanied me in, in this journey. So that kind of thing, that's where I think it clicked. But it didn't, it wasn't also on the first session with her i must say it was rather on the second i had a second one with her and uh, on the third i received like additional confirmation that she was the one therapist for me that's really interesting to hear and i mean we don't have to get into why you wanted to storm out of the second one but i think that was a probably <laughs> in retrospect that was probably a helpful experience to know like oh that's it can feel bad and this is what it could feel like to feel bad <laughs> i mean it seems like it was pretty extreme so it must have been a really clear signal but i think that's what i struggled with is like for instance, the first person I met with, we also had two sessions and he was the first person that I'd ever spoken to in this process. So I have nothing to compare it to. And he was fine. I mean, I don't know. We talked and he, I didn't really feel like he said or did much, but I also was like, I guess that's kind of the point. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't want to storm out. He didn't offend me, but I didn't necessarily feel that positive feeling. And I'm really glad, actually, one of the appointments that I'd taken that was for like six or eight weeks from when we'd had contact initially was shortly after my second session with this man. And so I said, okay, um, let me get back to you after this other one when I have something to compare it to if I want to move forward or not. And he did in his defense, like he fully made it clear and comfortable for me that if, if it wasn't going to work on both sides, it was totally okay. So I felt they had that option. And as soon as I had this other meeting and I did click with this other person, I was like, oh, okay, so <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. This is that feeling that people are talking about. So it's good to hear you say that and also that it took you maybe two sessions before you really had that. Yeah, that gives us a little bit of a spectrum of how reactions might feel. <laughs> yes, and it is lovely how you describe it because um, it is it is exactly like that. It is exactly like that. And one thing that people also tend to fear, I feel, from the, the experience that others have told me, is that you're actually not committed to this 
first discussion uh, session, if you go to the first one and you really, it's like what you said at first, the first one you had was like fine, but not really the one that you really wanted to have or the one where, where it clicked. It's fine, guys. You can just be open about that with another with the, with the therapist. Listen, I have a, a session with another one in two weeks or so. I'll let you know. Be open about it. They they are usually everybody is usually very professional in that respect, and they will also understand that. And uh, that chemistry thing is also a two way street. It's not only what you feel; it's also the therapist who has to say, "Listen, I think we can achieve something here." Well, I actually so I got rejected <laughs> by my oh, third really? attempt. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> In a very positive, healthy way. So, oh. okay, uh, there was the guy lukewarm. There was a woman I felt very good, and even just a couple things she said in that session was like, "Oh, okay, this is good." I'm because at this point it had taken so many months, and as I said, my problems that brought me to that moment weren't quite so burning. And at this point, I was like, "Well, I don't even know. Do I need therapy? I don't know." And it was really validating to talk, talk to her and made me feel like, "Oh, no, no, no. There is something here, and I can keep." going, it's going to it's gonna be a good thing. So that was also really positive. But her second appointment she offered me was two months from then. Um, and she knew that that was not really that helpful. <laughs> hmm. So she said, hey, I have um, someone in the building um, who is in training to become a professional licensed therapist. And they're far enough in the process that they're allowed to take clients, but not far enough that they can advertise or really be like a full out typical therapist. So if you would like, like they speak some English and I can see if they have time and you guys can see if it works between you two and if it works with the language. So I said, okay, <laughs> like, all right, we're going to do it one more time. But I also had in my head third time's a charm, like this is going to be great. And I met with her and she was someone who had only really had school English before. So she was not that comfortable speaking English, but I also am fine with being spoken to in German. I just, for my side, wanted that to be an option. So I got through that session and thought, okay, like she was kind of a cool person and and I felt like we did more of a mixture of languages, but it felt fine to me. Like I, I felt really comfortable with that arrangement. And mm. then we made a follow-up appointment. We were like, okay, we'll do one more and then we'll sort of decide. And hours before that second appointment, I get a phone call from her and she's like, I am so sorry, but I'm really trying to push through, but it's just, I don't feel confident. I don't feel like I can give you the quality and level of support or like of, of therapy that I would like to by doing it in English. So oh, we can wow. meet today still, but I don't think that this is going to work out. So yeah, that was really, <laughs> it was really frustrating and she, she of knew course. it and she, she addressed it in that moment, but I was like, oh geez. Okay. <sighs> But luckily, she took it in her hands to, I think part of the reason she told me so, so late in the game is because she was actively working on making sure she had an alternative for me. So she said, okay, I have another person who I'm studying with, does the same type of therapy as I do, sort of similar demographics, like these were both sort of younger women. She said, oh, this person speaks English in their private life and has availability, can start with you this week and is expecting your call. So... Yeah, that was... Well, that's just lovely. Yeah, it was... I mean, this is the thing. I was like, that's such an incredible way to to re reject me, <laughs> to break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, gentle. I mean, <laughs> like a true gentleman in a way. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I really do have to respect, and, you know, even in the moment when I was kind of getting 
so frustrated. I really appreciated that she recognized her own lack of comfort and shortcoming sort of with the language. And again, I think it would have been fine. And I hope she maybe, you know, will continue one day and try again with English. But um, but I I really respect someone saying like, look, it's in the best interest of everyone involved to just, you know, call it now. So anyway, she sent me to this other lady. This other lady is super cool. We click for many reasons. And of, of all the four, I, I might have chosen her anyway, if it had been an actual like line them up and choose them kind of a situation. So it all worked out for the best in the end. But I wanted to share that story just because A, you can get rejected by a therapist. <laughs> and B, um, I think this whole concept of these these people in training still, I actually know a couple other people also in therapy with similar situations. And these people are not advertised, but it's always sort of through this around the corner, like you you contact the person whose name is on the building and then they direct you to this other person. So even if you're not feeling, you know, even if you're doing this research and you're not feeling so optimistic about the options you found, uh, phone calls you've made, emails you've sent, still, I would say, still give it a try because it might not be the person, but they might introduce you to the person. Were there any sort of logistics that you wanted to mention? Well, actually, it depends a little bit on, on the insurance, but there is some paperwork you, paperwork you have to fill out at some point, but they they always tell you how you do it. And uh, after, since I am doing psychoanalysis, after a certain amount of sessions, uh, you have to request for the so-called long-term therapy, this Langzeit-therapy. For that, you need a physician to sign the form. And if you are with a psychiatrist, that's fine because you're medical doctors as well. But if you're with a psychologist, you have to go to your house out. So I, I just went and he's amazing. And he, of course, signed it right away and it was it was fine. So Guys, house ads in Germany are super important. <laughs> this is so true. Actually, you're reminding me of another. Yeah, I, I had to do that too. So I actually have courtside therapy, which is the flip side of that coin. So it's short-term therapy. I think a lot of times you start with that and then they prescribe additional from there. But I Exactly. It was also in, in courtside therapy at yeah. first. And then because you don't need to file it in and then you enter blank side. Yeah, I think I still had to get my house arts, my, my general doctor to sign off because she is in training. I think that's why. But for whatever reason, I also had to get signed off on. And yeah, my, my doctor actually called me up and it was almost like having another Sprechstunde and like another in initial meeting because he, he asked me a lot of questions to really like understand the situation and make sure that I wasn't just sort of landing somewhere, but rather I was going into the right direction. Um, oh, well, so I was lovely. a little intimidated and surprised by this phone call and was like, oh, I, I wasn't like really thinking I was going to have to, I thought he would just sign it and give it back to me. <laughs> but I did really kind of have to go through the whole story with him. But I, I was more than happy to. He was completely helpful with that process. So yeah, I agree. House arts in Germany, they're, they're the real deal. Use them. <laughs> <laughs> So we've gotten through all of the various hurdles, which for me, I think took four to five months total, probably. W would you say it was similar for you or shorter? No, no, no. It was, it took me about a month, perhaps a month and a half. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, tell us a little bit about what you mentioned earlier that y you feel like it's been a great decision. It's been really helpful for you. You're very happy with not only the professional you found, but the overall help you're getting. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, uh, it has been quite a journey, I must say. I realized there were many aspects I had to, to work on, especially experiences in my life. And also leaving your home country and starting in a, in a very different type of country. All that is also a process which does tend to leave a mark on you that you actually 
should everybody should at least process that and have it like organized in your mind so that was really helpful we were at the beginning we were meeting when i started therapy in like mid-april i think it was and we were meeting at the beginning twice a week because she said it's best if we do it twice a week you seem to kind of need it there were sessions which were great which brought many breakthroughs and which led me thinking like for the rest of the week what to what to do how to change my relationship for example with uh, with my mother with my f- father many 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 relationships even with my now fiance and there were other sessions which were i did not come out of the session and say yay i'm amazing i'm doing a great job but it was rather it also opens a lot of doors i had closed for me because i needed to in order for me to be a functional human being <laughs> so that is also a little bit like cleaning out i don't know the basement i'd say uh, you have to bring out a lot of things and then you sort it out and you have to throw stuff away and it also brings back memories but in the end it's a very helpful process at the end you have more space in the basement please don't fill it again i'd say (laughs) but um it's it's good It, it does you well it helped me resist among others all the negative aspects of the pandemic and it also gave me hope that i was going to see my then girlfriend again and eventually they opened the borders in germany in august 2020 and i we we saw each other again and i was in a much more stable situation in and i i even dared to propose (laughs) in september (laughs) yes so it it it, it has thank you (laughs) it has been such a journey it has had like really a roller coaster it's been uh, amazing in the end, and um, I'm really happy I have such an amazing therapist and that it works out so so fine. Anything you'd want to say to specifically expats who are interested in or, or touring with this concept of getting therapy for themselves and or people who have already started the process but are so discouraged because it's not easy? <laughs> well, guys, please don't give up. Don't be afraid of the language barrier. You will find somebody. You see, Nicole's experience was amazing. I think that's such a, a, a remarkable example of this. You will find somebody, even if you don't find it on, on, the, on, the, on the chart, on the map, you will find somebody. Stay on track. You will be able to do it. And it is really one of the best things of the German health insurance system, I'd say. And it does provide you with an additional advantage as a human being, as a person, as a professional, to be able to use the system to work on yourself and be a better human being to yourself and to others. Yeah, and I think especially you've mentioned a couple of times, uh, you know, moving away from your home country in and of itself is a big life-changing experience that can provide plenty of things that you kind of could afford to work through. And then when you tie in everything else the whole dang world's been through the past year like any given person has got plenty that they could (laughs) they could take a look at I think it's so cool how you put that too that like it's one of the best things about the German healthcare system you know like it's amazing that if I have a cold I can call out and stay home sick that's really cool but that's not really changing my life (laughs) (laughs) but being able to build into my life and into my days you know this this time to work on this kind of stuff that is changing my life and it's paid for through my cast through my my health insurance it's insane it's amazing 10 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> yes totally even even for even if you're not working I'm, I'm i'm currently a student again guys it's such a good value for money guys do it it's it's great 
Awesome. Okay, so with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I am. What is your favorite Haltestelle or like bus or tram or train stop in Berlin? That would be uh, Friedrichstraße. Of all the places you've been to and lived in Germany, I imagine you've gone out for Venezuelan food a couple of times. Where is the best or at least the most acceptable Venezuelan food in Germany, in your experience? <laughs> really tough. I would have to say Berlin because it's the largest town and has the, the best options. But Germany still has to pick up the pace with the gastronomic varieties of Venezuela, I'd say. Okay, and finally, if you could magically wave a wand and then you would never run out of one item from a German grocery store, like it's just perpetually in stock in your apartment, what would you choose that item to be? Hell. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Studentfutter? Like this mm. trail mix? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. I have it in front of me, so maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming onto the show and sharing with us your whole therapy process. I mean, it's not always the easiest topic to talk about, but I agree it's it's so important to get it out there. This is just one of those episodes that I know, even as we're recording it, it's really going to help a couple people. So thank you for taking that leap and not only doing this for yourself, but sharing your experiences so that other people can can also benefit and get inspired by your journey. Yeah, thank you very much, Nicole. I think you do an amazing job. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks to Julian for coming onto the show and being so open and honest and sharing all of those helpful tips with us. Julian actually is a listener who reached out with this idea for a topic and this story. I definitely wanted to do it, but I kind of needed some time for myself to get my stuff organized. And I'm so glad that it aligned and worked out. We were able to have this conversation and share it with you guys. As a reminder, if you can't go through the German healthcare system to get your therapy covered or for whatever reason you would rather not, another alternative that you can look into is BetterHelp. You can find more information about them at betterhelp.com slash expatcast. And if you sign up with that link, you'll save 10%. I'll link to that in the show notes. And as always, you can find links to my social media also in the show notes. I'm at The Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can check out my website at theexpatcast.com. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about the media landscape in Germany. Till then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.